WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to The Sci-Files, an Impact 89 FM series focusing on student research here at Michigan State University. We're your co-hosts Chelsea Boudou and Daniel Puentes. Cisplatin is an incredibly powerful chemotherapy drug used to treat a variety of cancers. Today, we're talking to Hari Haran Ramakrishnan about his research on cisplatin. Thank you so much for joining us today, Hari. May you please tell us more about yourself and your research? Yeah, I'm a second-year student at MSU majoring in physiology. I work as a research assistant in Dr. LeMay's pain lab, and I'm working on cisplatin currently. Cisplatin is a really powerful chemotherapy drug, and it's used to treat a variety of cancers. Interestingly enough, cisplatin was actually discovered right here at MSU by Dr. Brene Rosenberg in 1965, but I digress. According to NIH, cisplatin and other platinum-based chemotherapy drugs are used to treat an estimated 10 to 20% of all cancer patients, so it's a huge population. However, its side effects such as kidney toxicity and painful neuropathy may result in dose reduction or termination of treatment, which increases the patient mortality. It's very nice to meet you, Hari. You mentioned something really interesting that I don't think a lot of listeners really know about, and that's the fact that cisplatin was actually invented here at Michigan State. Could you talk a little bit more about how the process of discovering cisplatin's usage took place here at Michigan State and how the process of discovering cisplatin took place here at Michigan State? Yeah, so discovery is actually really interesting. He wasn't specifically looking for a chemotherapy drug. Dr. Brene Rosenberg discovered it in 1965 when he was using a cell culture with platinum electrodes, and he noticed that when the electrodes were turned on, that the cells would stop dividing. He hypothesized that it was due to electrical currents, but in reality, it turned out to be the platinum that was part of the electrodes. And then he later formulated it into cisplatin, and it's used to treat a huge number of patients. It's one of the biggest life-saving medicines that was discovered here at MSU. So earlier when you were introducing cisplatin, you said that it can cause kidney toxicity and painful neuropathy. Do you happen to know why that is, or is your research focused on that? Yes, we actually don't know finally why cisplatin induces so much inflammation. It's a side effect that we are trying to minimize. Uh, Adenosine receptors are involved in uh, several kidney diseases as well as the disease process for neuropathic pain. So we hypothesize that blocking these adenosine receptors using istradeflin, an FDA-approved adenosine receptor antagonist, we can alleviate the kidney toxicity as well as the pain from cisplatin. So you're using this drug to help manage this neuropathy as well as the kidney toxicity, but how does that impact the efficiency of the cisplatin to impact the fight against cancer? Yes. So in current treatment, the physicians need to closely monitor the patient's kidney function due to high risk of kidney failure, as well as the patient's sensitivity due to severe pain from the peripheral neuropathy. In some cases, they may need to decrease the dose or completely cessate the treatment to prevent the side effects. By minimizing these side effects, we're able to continue the treatment and hopefully fight off the cancer, increasing the patient's chances of survival. And in your research, are you working with human subjects who are already undergoing chemotherapy, or are you doing this in an animal model? Yes. Since this is a relatively new discovery, it's not ready to be used in clinical discoveries yet. Since right now, we just shown that it minimizes side effects and does not affect the cancer-fighting properties. However, since it's already FDA-approved, there is possibility that we, this can be taken to clinical trials. Our lab focuses on basic sciences, so we'll likely not do clinical trials, but other labs will build off our work. Now let's talk a little bit about these mice. When it comes to the groups of mice, 
Do they have cancer in your experimental groups, and why or why not? Yes. So in the initial study, we created four groups of mice, and they did not have cancer. So we just tried to prove that the side effects are reduced first. So we did this by creating two groups of those mice. Four mice received cisplatin, while the other two received phosphate-buffered saline. And one from each received the treatment, which was istradefline, while the other received just the vehicle, which is just the solution that istradefline is mixed in with. And we measured pain sensitivity to the von Frey method. We measured gene expression of kidney injury marker 1 through quantitative PCR. And we also measured the gene expression of inflammatory cytokines through quantitative PCR as well. In a future study, we will be testing mice models with head and neck cancer. We'll be testing whether cisplatin's cancer-fighting ability is also affected by cisplatin. Our data currently suggests it is not. It's very hard to assess whether an animal is in pain or not. You mentioned that there's some type of test that you're doing. Can you explain more about that, please? Yes, so it's the von Frey test. Uh, It's a method of measuring the pain sensitivity threshold in mice, and weighted filaments applying various forces are used to prod the animal's hind paw, and then the paw withdrawal response is assessed. And based on that, we can get a rough idea of the pain sensitivity of the mice. I've never heard of this test before, but it makes a lot of sense when you explain that. However, one thing I'm wondering about is how do you actually measure the hypersensitivity of pain that they have? Is it based on how fast they react to the poke on the paw? How do you compare that to the cisplatin pain? Yes, so we have several preset Von Frey filaments. I essentially start at the lowest filament and raise my way up. I focus on one paw and we have this apparatus that we're able to test the mice in. And it's very, this, these filaments are distinct in that they always apply the same number of newtons of force. They're able to have standardization. When you apply the force, you look for a paw withdrawal response. Typically, it's very distinct from the mice just walking around. And over six data points, you're able to put this into an algorithm, which calculates the average pain sensitivity data. And then you do this over a times course, as well as over multiple days. And that gives you a really good idea of the pain sensitivity of the mice. You're doing different assessments for these mice. For example, you just told us about the pain assessment. But there are other things that we can measure, such as inflammation, because you had said that the cisplatin can cause inflammation. Can you tell us more about what you're doing there with those studies and maybe even the results if you happen to know them? Yes. So we measured the inflammation through qPCR. And qPCR stands for Quantitative Polymerase Chain Reaction, and it's a technology used for measuring the quantity of cDNA. After we collect the tissue samples from the mice, from the spinal cord, peripheral nervous ganglion, and kidney for each mice, we're able to isolate the RNA from the sample through a process aptly termed RNA isolation. And since the RNA isn't very stable, we convert the RNA into cDNA through a process called reverse transcription, using a reverse transcriptase enzyme that's very similar to that used by most retroviruses. At that point, that cDNA is ready to be used in quantitative PCR. And qPCR allows us to measure the gene expression using individual gene primers. And the genes that we're interested in measuring was inflammatory signaling mediators, as well as kidney injury marker 1, or KIM1. So in the case of kidney injury marker, we found the expression of the gene KIM1 is 500 times higher that, than that of control group. However, comparing that to istradefline, the KIM1 expression is around a fifth of that of the cisplatin group, which suggests reduced kidney toxicity. Since kidney toxicity and pain are so closely intertwined with inflammation, we also measure the gene expression of a variety of inflammatory mediators in the kidney, the dorsal root ganglion, and the spinal cord. 
And the general trend that we found is that cisplatin tends to increase the expression of these inflammatory mediators and that isodefline dampens the overexpression. The trend is really strong in the kidney. However, it is not as strong in the dorsal ganglia and the spinal cord. For those unfamiliar, pain signals from sensory neurons aren't sent through one neuron to the After activation of the nociceptor or pain sensor neuron, the signal travels to the dorsal root ganglion neurons and the spinal cord or other interneurons where the signal can be briefly processed before being sent to the brain where it is perceived. And that's why we collected tissue samples from both the dorsal root ganglion and the spinal cord. Pain and inflammation are really closely intertwined and we want to test both tissues. It's important that you've been able to measure the expression of inflammation throughout the body of the mice as a result of the use of cisplatin. Let's talk about istradefilin really quickly. Since it's already approved by the FDA, what is it currently used for? Inflammation or is it used for something else? Yes, istradefilin is currently approved by the FDA for the treatment of Parkinson's disease symptoms. Although it is not primarily used as the main treatment for Parkinson's disease, it can be used as to alleviate some of the peripheral symptoms. Why did you all particularly pick estradefeline instead of something that's like an anti-inflammatory? Since we hypothesized that since adenosine receptors are involved in several kidney diseases, as well as the disease process for neuropathic pain, we hypothesized that blocking these adenosine receptors using estradefeline which is an FDA-approved adenosine receptor antagonist, we can alleviate the kidney toxicity and pain from cisplatin. Something our listeners may not be too familiar with is what neuropathy actually is. Can you explain how that leads to symptoms in the mice, and how does that translate into people? Peripheral neuropathy is a condition that's typically arising from peripheral nerve damage, and its symptoms include increased sensation of numbness and an increased sensitivity to touch. One disease that's very common that leads to peripheral neuropathy is actually diabetes. Many diabetic patients have numbness and tingling in their uh, toes. In some cases of neuropathy, the nerves begin to fire spontaneously, and that leads to a pain sensation in the absence of a stimulus. Some cisplatin patients even find the weight of a blanket as really painful. Physicians need to closely monitor the patient's kidney function during chemotherapy due to high risk of kidney failure, as well as the patient's sensitivity due to severe pain from peripheral neuropathy. And that's why there's an urgent medical need for novel therapeutics that can limit cisplatin side effects. So now that you've been studying the estradefeline with the cisplatin, what will your next steps look like with the mice that will have cancer? In terms of future direction, this research is being continued to determine if estradefeline has any effect on the effectiveness of the cancer-fighting properties of cisplatin using mice with head and neck cancer models. So we'll essentially have all the mice will have cancer, and some of the mice will receive cisplatin, and some of the mice will receive cisplatin and istradefeline. If the mice treated with istradefeline have a longer resolution of cancer, then in that case, we know that the effectiveness of cisplatin is reduced by istradefeline, which is what we're trying to avoid. However, the, our data currently suggests that istradefeline does not have any effect on the effectiveness of cisplatin. Now that you've done these studies with mice that don't have cancer, and you're moving on to those that do have cancer, do you foresee any sorts of changes that would be observed when the estradefeline is administered with the cisplatin for different types of cancers that these mice might have? Or are you going to control the mice to have only one particular type of cancer? And how do you go about deciding what type of cancer would be used this kind of testing for? Cancer is an extremely broad group of diseases. Each cancer is unique. We chose uh, mice with head and neck cancer models due to cisplatin being an extremely effective treatment in the treatment for head and neck cancer. 
However, we cannot say for certain that this trend will be apparent across all cancer models. That is definitely something that we'll have to test in the future. Something I realized that we didn't ask you was what were the results from the pain test for the mice without cancer? And then how do you think it will compare to your future tests for the mice with cancer? What we found in our current data is that the mice that received this platen developed pain hypersensitivity around day two. So the mice have a baseline threshold around one gram. However, we found that cisplatin-treated mice developed a pain hypersensitivity to around 0.2 to 0.3 grams. However, treatment if estradefline alongside the cisplatin helps alleviate some of that hypersensitivity to roughly 0.5 to 0.6 grams. That may not sound like much, but for mice, that's extremely significant. Well, Harvey, I'm really excited to see about how your future research will be whenever you study mice with cancer with the cisplatin and the estradefline. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Chelsea and Danny. I just want to give a big thanks to everyone in the lab. The LeMay Pain Lab is run by Dr. Jafal LeMay in the Department of Physiology, and the lab studies the interactions between the nervous system and the immune system primarily pertain to chronic pain. So if anyone out there listening is interested in this study or other studies like it, please visit our website. It's www.lemaypainlab.com. Thank you. Thanks, Hari. We will also link the website to your lab in the description for this episode. Thanks again. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. To hear more about us and learn more about our episodes, check out scifiles.org. If you're a current MSU student that would like to be interviewed, please reach out to us at scifiles at impact89fm.org. We'll catch you next week on the Sci-Files, and remember, the truth is in the science.